a radio show that confesses Christ without confusing the law and the gospel. A radio show that takes scripture seriously without taking ourselves so seriously. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. Jesus does not lie. And he told me, you're baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. He told me, this is my blood shed for you. He told me, whoever sins you forgive, they are forgiven. And I've heard the Lord's voice in the absolution, forgiven. He's, he's told me that he, uh, that he loves the world, that he died for the world, that he shed his blood to save me and forgive me. He said it, and he doesn't lie. Those sins which we're supposed to be conquering have been conquered, not by our striving to overcome them, but have they been conquered by the death of Jesus. Those sins, even those pet sins that we're supposed to overcome, even the the sins that we keep coming back to, those have been crucified with Christ. Uh, and now uh, sanctification is is putting to death the old the old Adam, the old flesh, by confessing our sins. I wasn't paying attention to what you just said. Okay, moving on. <laughs> Sorry, I was reading Facebook statuses. I'm not. I'm not so sure we should be doing this, Pastor Wolf Miller. I mean, what making a radio show? Yeah, I, mean, I think you're probably right. <laughs> <laughs> you don't even need to hear the rationale. It's just generally true. Well, I was thinking that listening to some table talk radio during Holy Week is kind of like going to the circus right after a funeral. It just doesn't seem right. You know, it just seems like... <laughs> going to the circus anytime, really, is kind of... Uh, we got Holy Week this week. That is amazing. The last uh, week of Lent, the most sacred week in the Christian church year, and that is the week of the crucifixion of our Lord. So that's that's Good Friday. We have Monday, Thursday, Holy Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, and uh, Holy Saturday and Easter Sunday, Resurrection Sunday. So that's uh, that's this week. And we're, we, we have a Holy Week-themed show, I do believe. Uh, uh, let me check here my notes. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Uh, Since when do you have show notes? <laughs> I, yeah, I wrote it down. This is what it says: TTR four nine fourteen. That's today. Is it like on a Holy... napkin or something like that? Well, or sort of. I can take a picture. It's got a coffee stain on it. <laughs> Holy Week in the news, Easter in the news, and then our Holy Week chronology game. Oh, were those two different games? Holy Week in the news and Easter in the news. Yeah. Oh, interesting. So. Okay, good interesting. to know. Yeah. And then, uh, and then uh, the buzzword. I got a buzzword for you. Okay, go. My buzzword for you is nociferous, or I prefer to pronounce it nice for us. <laughs> <laughs> okay. N i c e p h o r u s. Nociferous. Now I don't know who this is. In fact, it, there's a bunch of nociferouses. Nociferi. How would you say that? It's a man, anyways. It's the name of a person. I think this is who it is. The Nicephorus that I'm interested in is called Nicephorus I, who lived from about the year 758 until April 5th, 828. He's a Christian Byzantine writer and ecumenical patriarch of Constantinople. From April 12th, 806, to March 13th, 815. Now, let me know if you need me to slow down because you're taking notes or else you're looking it up on Wikipedia. Now, the reason why this Nice for Us is so interesting to me is because I'm reading uh, our guy, Martin Chemnitz, you know, who's writing the examination of the Council of Trent. You know about that? This thing, the examination of the Council of Trent, is a stunning piece of work. 
where Chemnitz takes all the arguments of Trent, that is the Roman Catholic uh, anti-Lutheran council that happened in 1540-whatever for 13 years and anathematized us Lutherans. And Chemnitz walks his way through this and just demolishes it. Now, the big question is what... uh, He was not very nice at all. Chemnitz? No, nice for us. He (laughs) was... Nice for us was oh. because Chemnitz is arguing. Uh, Chemnitz is arguing uh, that the scriptures are sufficient from the scriptures and from the church fathers. And this fellow, nice for us, has a beautiful quote about the uh, rationale of the writing of the New Testament. And Chemnitz spends about fifty pages, which is a lot of real estate in a book. <laughs> That's a lot of pages. Uh, yeah, that's right. That's a lot of pages. That's me imitating Evan, imitating me, imitating <laughs> Seinfeld, imitating a horse. That's a lot of imitation. <laughs> so, Nisiphorus, he was nice for us. Get it? Ha ha ha. Ha 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 ha. is a word that would be your buzzword today. How do you uh, spell that? That's a Latin word. It is T R I D U U M. And uh, it's a Latin word that means three days, and it's particularly talking about the uh, three days of, um, uh, let's see, let's see if I get this right, uh, Monday, Thursday, is it, does it go Monday, Thursday, Good Friday, a Holy Saturday, or is Easter included in there? I suppose I would want to include Easter. Okay, so Good Friday, Holy Saturday, Easter Sunday. That's the trade duum. Um, so th- that's your, uh, and so you get a Latin buzzword today. That's pretty Sweet. exciting. I think yours, nice for us, is Greek. Okay. Okay. Uh, do you have an email for us, Pastor? Oh, Wolfgang? man, I got tons of emails, but I was going to read this. Oh, shoot. I was going to read this, um, uh, Table Talk Radio Facebook update Ugh. is what I was going to do instead. Because uh, I got a nice note here on our Table Talk Radio page. Let's see. Uh, it says, uh, well, here's one uh, well, while I look for the other one that I wanted to read. This was on the side of a bottle of hemp tea tree oil soap. Please <laughs> respond. Have you seen this? No. I'll read, quote, this, the must, second be, this co- must be one of our Oregon listeners. That's all I have to say. <laughs> I think. Is this sent to, you, to, sent to us by your mom? No, no. Tea, hemp tea tree oil soap. Dr. Brommer's, by the way, we identified the source. I'm very familiar with Dr. Brommer and his theology. Here's a quote. Try to follow. The second coming of God's law, Muhammad's Arabs, 1948, found Israel Essene scrolls and Einstein's, quote, Hillel, proved that as no six-year-old can grow up free without the ABC, so certain can no 12-year-old survive free Without the moral ABC, Mason, Tent, and Sandmaker Rabbi Hillel taught Carpenter Jesus to unite all mankind free in our eternal Father's great all-one-God faith. For we're all one or none. Listen, children, eternal Father, eternally one. Whoa, that's intense. Oh, yeah, man. Can you can you interpret that into English? Uh, no. <laughs> So, uh, but I mean, so this person is claiming that Jesus was taught uh, this moral code, this moral ABC, and included in that was the syncretism of all religions. Did I yes. did I pick that up right? Yeah, I think you got it. Mm. False. Okay, now I'm glad to have that stall because I found the note I was looking for. This is <laughs> we, from Gary. We're not actually going to talk about that. We just needed to get to the real email. <laughs> 
who says this. Thanks for the create a cult episode. You guys damaged my brain. (laughs) (laughs) You're welcome, Gary. Anytime. (laughs) I fell asleep to it. After also watching Lutheran satire, Connell and Donnell meet Mormon missionaries last night, and woke up dreaming I had made a new friend who pretended to be a Christian, who dressed like a Mormon missionary, and who said his religious name roughly translated to naked. He was also big on Starbucks coffee. <laughs> How about that? Uh, did, did, we ha- did our lawyers issue a disclaimer about that? Uh, no, uh, no listening to Table Talk Radio while you fall asleep, lest you have dreams about <laughs> fake Cult, Christian yeah. friend, Mormon missionary. Yeah. Okay, let's go to another email. All right, here's one. This is from Mark, who writes, Hey, guys, I'm a new listener, and fortunately, I haven't gotten through all the shows. Have you ever heard that sentence before, Evan? No. <laughs> but I was one, Normally, the word unfortunately is associated with all shows. Oh, I see. I was wondering if you have ever discussed on Table Talk Radio, Table Scraps, the issue of people being today being too busy to get to church, more than 50%, which is super low anyways. I work with the youth group, and when I ask the youths why they haven't been around, it's sports or something with school or I'm too busy. I think their parents hold the majority of the blame. It's their job to make Christian education a priority in their kids' life, or else when teens grow up, something else will always take the priority over church life. If you've ever discussed this kind of uh, hangnail with the church before and can't remember when, let me know when it was. Your show's great, and I thank Christ for your gifts of humor and theology. Mark in New York. Thanks, Mark. But, uh, Pastor, you probably have some insight on this, too. I, I, don't, I don't hear the too busy excuse too often. Um, however, I can relate to the sports thing um, just because uh, recently we've having to kind of reschedule our confirmation classes uh, because uh, baseball games are getting in the way, uh-huh. and uh, you know that this is just a uh, this is an all-around tough problem and situation to deal with. I mean, on the one hand, do I do I really expect um, the parents to not allow their uh, children to go to the baseball game uh, on Wednesday because that's confirmation class time? Well, not necessarily. However, if if all Christian families were making a stand on that, they wouldn't have Wednesday baseball games, <laughs> you know? So, I mean, if, right. if, if Christians could be united on this, then, I mean, and it's not just Lutheran churches. All Many churches have Wednesday night uh, youth activities. Yeah. Uh, so if we could all make a stand on this, uh, uh, sports organizations and, every, and everyone would know that, hey, we're going to lose 40% of our athletes by having it on Wednesday. Yes, it, it, it's but it's even worse that it's... It's creeping in on Sunday morning, especially right. with things like tournaments and hockey. is terrible. Hockey's always on Sunday morning. That's a miserable kind of thing to do. But this is third commandment, and it's a, it's a, it's probably one of the commandments that our conscience gets hardened first to. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. We think, well, let's skip a church, no big deal. Murdering someone, big deal, but wrong. Yeah, maybe one more word about that when we get uh, back from this break, and then we'll be playing. Holy Week in the news. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. This is Jonathan Fisk, and 
Table Talk Radio is terrible. And we're back here on Table Talk right. Radio. You know where? Oh wait, wait! Quick uh, correction about our our uh, theological buzzword, and another word about missing church, and then we'll get into our game. Um, oh, yeah. So the triduum tri- um, begins after the evening prayers on Monday, Thursday, and then uh, uh, concludes with um, uh, Easter Sunday. So this is, as you were saying uh, during the break, this is kind of the the, the Jewish mindset that once the sun goes down, it's already the next day. So that's where we have yes. uh, the trade come in. And uh, also, we were talking about uh, uh, you know this temptation then to uh, uh, to skip out on church because uh, sports and, and other things are just too busy. You mentioned hockey games being on on uh, Sunday morning, and I think also what this stems from is a uh, uh, a lack. Well, I mean. It, breaking any of the commandments shows a, a lack of faith, right? And so if we really believed in what the, the Lord was giving us on Sunday morning, we would not miss it come hell or high water. <laughs> That's right. I mean, uh, what the Lord is coming to me where I live to give me his gifts of life, salvation, and forgiveness. But there's a hockey game. <laughs> I mean, come it's on. Hockey. So uh, yeah. th- there is That's that, right. so. All right. You're right about that, I'm sure. All right, Pastor, tell us how Holy Week of the News works. I'm not sure, except for this. We look up a uh, news stories about Holy Week and then talk about them. I've got three, by the way, for you. Okay. Three options. Uh-oh, my computer's about to restart. Look at that. Uh-oh. Tricky thing. That would have been disaster. <laughs> I don't know. All right, here are your, um, here are your uh, headline options, Okay. Don't post travel plans on Facebook, PNP warns Holy Week vacationers. Is that a thing? I've mm. never heard that before. Holy Week, vaca- hey, it's Holy Week, let's go on a vacation. P- I'm not sure what PNP stands for. That's a place somewhere. Ah, uh, I know. It's the Philippine National Police. <laughs> oh, okay. There's more Holy Week. In fact, look at this second one. It says... LTFRB kicks off Oplon Exodus. TRB beefs up person, personnel for Holy Week. Now, what is all that talking about? I'm not sure either, except for this is um, the toll regulatory board in um, for the Land Transportation Franchising and Regulatory Board in also the Philippines. And then here's your third option. Holy Week observation begins for Orthodox Church on April 14th. This is by the Warwick Advisor. Those are your three options. Beautiful news stories. Two from the Filipino news source. <laughs> um, nothing against the Filipino news source, but I think I'm going to go <laughs> with the third with one. With the not Filipino? Yeah. Huh? Okay. Here it is. Uh, for the third time this century, Easter will be celebrated on the same uh, on the same. I think that should be day, by the Orthodox and Western churches. That's the point here. Florida. Uh, Dateline Florida. This year, the Orthodox Church and the Western Church Holy Week begins on Monday, April 14th, and for the third time this century, Easter, the most important feast in the Christian calendar, will be celebrated on the same date, April 20th. In most years, Eastern and Western Christianity celebrate Easter, which is a movable feast as opposed to having a fixed date like Christmas, on different dates. 
This difference occurs, says Reverend Father George Kavorkian, hmm. pastor of St. Ignatius Antioch Orthodox Church. Did you go to school with that guy? <laughs> in the village of Florida, because the Orthodox Church uses the older Julian calendar established in 46 B.C. as opposed to the newer Gregorian cal- calendar established in the 16th century and used by the Western churches. Kevorkian explained that the difference in calendars causes the dates to sometimes be one week apart, occasionally occur on the same day, and even be as much as five weeks apart. Yeah. Interesting, huh? He, he continues, instead of Easter said Kevorkian, we also use the Greek word pascha, which means Passover. It reminds us that the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ allows us to pass over from death to new life. You see that? Oh, man. There's some theology to talk about right there. You want me to give it to you again? Yeah, go ahead. This reminds us that the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ allows us to pass over from death to new life. That is amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so... This news item is talking about how the fact that the the Eastern Church and the Western Church um, uh, has Easter on on different days, and for the last two years, has fallen on the same day. So that's um, uh, newsworthy, I guess. Um, now, this last line of how the the death of Jesus allows us to pass through from death to life. Um, I, I, so here, here we have this um, uh, potential of something to happen. So something's been right. left undone. So uh, this is typically what you hear when you're um, uh, when you, when you're hearing this this kind of preaching that uh, the that that God has uh, in, God has sent Jesus, and Jesus is the bridge that uh, that overgoes the chasm of sin. And what this does is allows you to cross the bridge and go back to God. But you're the one that has to cross the bridge. And so yep. I, I think what we want to do is is uh, proclaim and preach what uh, Christ has done, not what he has allowed the possibility for us to do. Uh, I would say so. Commandments in this, or, or I guess this is still a playoff of Ten Commandments in the News. Uh, sure. Commandments in this, we have a first commandment we're talking about God. We have the second commandment talking about the uh, the name of God, certainly uh, Jesus being uh, mentioned here. <laughs> uh, thir- third commandment talking about um, uh, worship, uh, the the day in which we are to gather together to uh, celebrate and remember the Lord's resurrection. Uh, fourth commandment, I don't think that was in there. Fifth commandment, no. I, the fourth commandment I would put in here as this weird thing is that the government can establish the kind of calendar that we use. Isn't that weird? I mean, it's kind of we're we're so used to just having a calendar, and you know we've always had the same months and same days and everything for our whole life. To realize that that is not the case for most of human history. There's different calendars and different cultures and all this sort of stuff. Interesting. Interesting. Okay, fourth commandment. I think that's it. Are there other ones? I think that's going to be it. I can't. I wasn't really paying that much attention. Okay. Well, hey, I have a news story for you in our three minutes. All left. right. Uh, this is from Christianity Today, and it's uh, the headline reads, Carrying the Cross During Holy Week. The Reverend Martin Hartley has bravely stepped out to the challenge of carrying a wooden cross with him wherever he travels throughout Holy Week. Mr. Hartley, how can they call him Reverend in the first line and call him Mr. in the second line? Uh, I don't know. Inconsistent cur- journalism. <laughs> Mr. Hartley, cure it with the... 
a Tass Valley team ministry in the Diocese of Norwich, was inspired to attempt the challenge after being mean? asked to transport a wooden cross for some uh, for some use in, during a service. In the struggle of getting the cross to its destination, he realized how awkward, uncomfortable, and inconvenient it was to carry. He he is curious to see what it will be like taking the cross around him for a whole week. Local local rector Sally Gaze is going to be joining him in the challenge, and to pair with, uh, and the pair will be carrying two wooden crosses made especially uh, spe- for them as a member of St. Mary's Church uh, from St. Mary's Church. The crosses have been intentionally made out of softwood to show some of the knocks and bumps that they will incur during the week, et cetera, et cetera. Oh, wait, here's, here's, huh. this, here's this part, too. Um, he and Sally will be inviting people to write uh, or pen reflections and prayers onto the crosses. I'm hoping that through cool. this experience, I'll be able to connect with the cross during the Holy Week in a different way and one in which will help me grow as a disciple of Jesus, says Martin. Now, there's something to talk about. Yeah. I suppose. I now here, there's a couple of things. I mean, first of all, uh, now remember how Luther, uh, the Luther, made this distinction between uh, the two types of fasting. So there's the fasting that you choose, where you just stop eating a meal or whatever, and he says that's not that's fine, but it's not real fasting because anytime you want, you just go and eat. The real fasting is when the Lord takes food away from you. <laughs> So it's not self-appointed, but it's appointed by God. And to endure that kind of thing is is the real fasting and discipline of the Christian life. Now, the same would be true of our crosses. We don't go looking for our own crosses to take up, because then we just put them down when we get tired. But we, we bear the cross that the Lord himself would lay on us. And, dear Christian friends, he will lay crosses on you. Uh, he promises it. Take up your cross and follow me, says Jesus. If you want to be my disciple, you're going to have a cross. So... To do this is uh, this kind of fake kind of f- trouble is with the fake fasting is it leads to the sort of thing that Jesus warned against where you uh, look all gloomy in the marketplace and you have your reward. Um, and that is different than the real fasting that the Lord appoints. That's what I think, at least at first. That's my initial thought. You know, I, I actually witnessed this in um, this fair town of Rogue River uh, last year on Good Friday. Um, certain members of the uh, of the Baptist Church here on Good Friday uh, were walking around town uh, carrying this huge cross. It was a big old thing, and, you know. So I drive mm-hmm. drive them to church, and I drive over the bridge that goes over uh, the Rogue River, and and there's this gal holding this big cross. And then later, I'm driving back to you know to house for lunch, and they're there in the park holding this big cross. And I couldn't help but think that very thing where Jesus warns us against putting um, this kind of thing on display, where we're trying to get the attention of men. Um, certainly, yeah. there were people going into uh, their private uh, churches and praying and hearing the Lord's word on Good Friday, and no one ever saw that. And uh, and thanks be to God, because uh, we would uh, the, the point of receiving the Lord's word on Good Friday is so that we would hear of Jesus, and that's what we should be focused on. We'll be right back on Table Talk Radio. Your soul. They did the boogie boogie with a study roll. They mess around. They're doing the mess around. They're doing the mess around. Everybody doing the mess around.
not really one of the best decisions you've made today. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. Back on Table Talk for Radio, hey, Christianity right. Today reports this uh, article: carrying the cross during around with them everywhere they go on uh, Holy Week. And Pastor, what do you think about that? Well, I th- there's another thing too, is and that is that Jesus really didn't carry the cross. I mean, fairly well immediately, uh, the, his cross is given to Simon Cyrene, uh, the Cyrenian, uh, and he carries it to the hill because Jesus was so demolished by the thrashing he had had from the soldiers uh, that he didn't have the strength to, in fact, carry his cross. So it is kind of weird that we try to follow after Jesus and then do something that he didn't do. But here's the weirdest thing of all, and that is the point of that all the stuff that Jesus was doing, the bearing the cross, the lashing, the beating, and especially the real suffering on the cross, which is the wrath of God for my sin, that he Jesus was doing in our place so that we wouldn't have to suffer it. I mean, he was he was taking our place so that we wouldn't have to go through this agony. And people say, "Yeah, I'll do some too." <laughs> right. That's not the point. Jesus carries the cross so that so that you do not have to be crucified under God's wrath. It's just kind of weird. Well, and I think what what, what stems with all of this is the lack of the means of grace. (laughs) Listen to this line. I'm hoping that through this experience, I will be able to connect with the cross during grow as a disciple of Jesus. See, we have this huge problem in that we know that salvation and forgiveness is one on the cross, but the cross is nowhere to be found. (laughs) And so you can invent your or... You can receive the gifts that Jesus gives in his promises when he says, take, eat, take, drink. This is for you for the forgiveness of all of your sins. So if you yep. if you receive communion, you don't have to carry a cross around uh, during Holy Week. That is a fine point. So Ten Commandments? Uh, huh. I don't know what... Uh... I can't think of it. I mean, this is probably a second commandment thing, um, a second and third commandment, false doctrine, confusion of law and gospel. Um, it probably comes into the second table as the the Lord would have us love our neighbor, and so these kind of self-serving uh, discipline for, uh, you, you know, where we're serving ourselves rather than um, our neighbor um, is a bad deal. But otherwise, I don't know. I don't, I don't. I don't have anything. Okay. What do you got? Uh, it's not my turn. It's your turn. Okay. <laughs> all right. <laughs> I've got a, a story. That's for all you. I got. I've got a story for you on about Easter. Uh, comes from Fox News. This is pretty ridiculous. So just tell me when you've had enough. Okay. All right. Otherwise, it'll go on for about four minutes. So you better tell me when you had enough. 
All right. This sounds good. Welcome back to Hannity. A Muslim parent in Michigan is outraged over flyers given to students in schools promoting an Easter egg hunt at a local church. The, quote, extravaganza flyers, which you can see right there on your screen, detail a day of activities such as an egg hunt, relay races, egg toss being held at a local Presbyterian church. My next guest, a Muslim father, says passing out these flyers in schools is a violation of the U.S. Constitution, specifically <laughs> separation of church and state. Now, the pastor of the church, as well as the school district, have both said this is not a religious event, just a day of activity for the community. <laughs> Joining me now is the parent and attorney, Majed Mugni is oh. with us, and the co-host of The Five, Bob Beckel. What's your complaint here, Majed? Mr. Hannity, Mr. I just love how mainstream media puts a twist on a story. First of all, you probably got the wrong well, fish in your audience. If you're trying to sit here and try to get a Muslim to come up in front of you and tell you how radical we are, you just picked the wrong Muslim. The Muslim in front of you, sir, is one of the students. Why are you so angry? That's pretty good. All right. I, I, I mean, I saw, is he going to get at some point going to say what the problem is or no? Uh, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Let's go a little uh, bit more. We can go a little bit more. All right, all right. Well, let me let me tell you why the media has put a nice spin on the story. Why don't you stop like whining about it, it and tell us why you're complaining? What's the big deal? Just I asked I'm you to tell, tell you, us. I'm going I'm to tell you right now. Good, the story finally. is I'm a parent. You have a church who's decided to pass out flyers to seven and nine-year-old elementary school kids and invite them to a church event. Well, I have a problem. They said it's if not a church. church event. It's an Easter egg hunt. So what? It's in it's distributed so by a church. If that church if that church wants to invite my kids, they can come through the front door, knock on my door and say, We'd like to invite your kids. They don't have to stick what? a flyer inside my kids. Of, of a stupid in, Easter egg hunt? Do you gotta be kidding me? I'm I'm not outraged. Like I said, Okay, that's probably the most here, I have a quote. I found this news story online. Uh, Mugni said he feared Christians are trying to convert Muslim kids through propaganda distributed at public schools. Oh, there is that go. the same story? Yeah, same story. Okay. Same lawyer father. Yep. Yep. There you go. So uh, well, what do you think about this, though, Pastor Wolf Miller? I mean, his point is that uh, churches are welcome to invite us and our kids to whatever event they have, but they need to come to my door and do that, not uh, to my children who are just going to school. That's fine. I suppose that's... T but look, at this is my problem with this whole thing, is why the heck <laughs> is a church having a non-religious event in the first place? That's what I'm offended. You know, the church is trying to defend itself, saying, hey, it's, it's a community event. It's not a religious event. It's like, well, what the heck are you doing it for then? Right, right. And, and, I mean, that's ridiculous. And we got to get a, I mean, I would question whether this is really a non, a non church event. So, I mean, I, so I, I don't necessarily, I'm not necessarily have a problem with a church, you know, having some Easter egg hunt, I guess. But what they're probably going to do is say, hey, this isn't a church event. And then when they get everybody there, all right, now we're going to have our devotion time or something like that. Yeah, yeah. And, and yeah, it's, yeah. it's going to be this bait and switch. And so, uh, try, under the guise of it just being um, a, an event for anyone to come, no religious uh, attachment, and then here it is. Yeah, that's right. I suppose you're right. I mean, look, at even if the church is doing something secular, it's doing it as a church, which is what matters. Right. Here, the, the, the pastor of the church, Nida, 
What kind of name is that, I wonder? N-E-E-T-A. Nita. Anywho. Nita says, uh, Extravaganza is not promoting a religious event. Quote, it's designed to be an opportunity to invite the community to come for a day of activity. There is not a religious component to this event. Hmm. Well, maybe. I mean, I suppose so. Um, I mean, look, maybe. How does. What? Uh, I, uh, I don't know. I don't want to be too critical, but probably, you know, what the church should do on Easter, at least before it gets the Easter egg hunt out, is to uh, is to talk about the resurrection of Jesus. So. Anyway. Hey, this is by this is Saturday, April twelfth. By the way, is when they're having this, so they're going to be it's having it time. a week and a day. Wait, is that right? Yeah, before Easter itself, they're going to be having it during Lent. So um, that's another reason I'm against it. It totally contradicts oh, the liturgical. Calendar. See, they had the headline wrong. It was a uh, Lent eggs hunt. Yeah, that's right. How did the Easter egg? How did the Easter bunny even become a thing, anyways? I know the, a, a a a bunny doesn't even lay eggs. It's <laughs> weird. Anyway, I got one for you. New, oh, you want to do Ten Commandments in that? Uh, let's see. So you got the Muslims. That's the second and third commandment. Uh, false doctrine. You got the government involved. You and uh, that's the fourth commandment. You got the press involved. Uh, that is the eighth commandment. You have the. This goofiness of you have the church. That's the third commandment again. Um, you have the. This is weird. This is weird. Uh, I mean, this whole thing is really weird. So here, this guy says they're trying to convert our Muslim kids through distribution of this stuff, and the church is saying, "No, no, we're not trying to convert you. We're doing something totally secular." I mean, how how backwards <laughs> is the world? The church should be like, heck yeah, we're trying to convert your Muslim kids. You guys believe false doctrine. <laughs> yeah. You should come in here and be Christians. <laughs> and then the and then the Muslims should be like, how is it that this church that claims to be Christian is doing something secular? They're not even doing their Christian thing. I mean, they're it's like the the, the their it's their defense of their actions is actually the accusation. <laughs> this, this is so upside down. <laughs> All right. So that's what I got for Ten Commandments. I don't think the sixth commandment comes in here on anything. But. Uh, you want another story? Yeah, let's hear it. All right. Palestinian Christians say Israeli police spoiling Easter celebrations in Jerusalem. Israeli, Israel's high court is weighing a uh, petition to prevent security forces from approaching the Church of the Holy Sepulchre on Easter Eve. Here it goes. Jeru- Dateline Jerusalem. Palestinian Christians are awaiting a high court of justice ruling on a petition asking the state of Israel police to drop the heavy movement and security restrictions that have prevented worshipers from accessing holy sites in East Jerusalem on Holy Saturday during the past several years. On Holy Saturday, which is the day before Easter, this year falls on April 19th, the petition filed in February by several East Jerusalem residents argues that police roadblocks and barricades in and around the old city on that day deter worshipers from even attempting to access the Church of the Holy Sepulchre Uh, and other sites for the Holy Saturday celebrations. The petitioners have also asked the armed security personnel not to be allowed to enter the church. The heads of the five Eastern Orthodox churches and the Franciscan Custos of the Holy Land also joined the petition. 
Okay, let me think about that for a little bit during our commercial break, and then we'll be right back on Table Talk Radio to uh, finish up playing this game, Order the Events of Easter. Or wait, no, we will be playing that, though. Yeah, you are confused. Nothing new there, I suppose. In a recent survey, 98% of listeners can't stand Table Talk Radio. We would like to express our gratitude to those who did not participate in the study. That's me on the guitar, in case you were wondering. Yeah. I just thought I'd... Thanks uh, for bringing us in, man. Yeah. Put that away now. Uh, welcome back to Table Talk Radio. See, I was all confused before the break because when we had discussed this show, we talked about uh, Holy Week in the news or Easter in the news, and I thought that was like an either-or option. And then I come on the air with you, and you said, oh, we're playing one game called Holy Week in the news and another game called Easter in the news. And so I have, I'm all confused. But Let's just make a note to self. Is <laughs> plan, take more than seven seconds to plan the show next week. <laughs> that would help. <laughs> But next up, we're going to be doing some order the events of uh, Easter, oh, yeah. Holy Week, whatever. That's right. And maybe uh, both, maybe a little bit of both. Oh. Maybe we'll combine them, like you. Thought. Oh my goodness! I'm just. Ugh. Why not? So you you gave me this story before the break about uh, these Palestinian Christians who are upset over the Israeli police because they're getting in the way of uh, you know being able to go to the um, the Church of the Holy Sepulchre to. Uh, worship on Easter. I'm sure this is a busy place at this time. I mean, I've never been there. I'm looking at a picture of it. Yeah? It's it's kind of crazy. I was there before at the Church of the Holy Sepulchre. We're going to go back June 2015, if anyone's interested. <laughs> Did you like that? Was that a shameless plug? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Oh. It was I a little bit of shame. I, I would expect no way. <laughs> this, uh, there's the the the... the Church of the Holy Sepulchre is this huge, big thing. It's got a big dome, and the tomb that's there was built by some Russians, I don't know, a couple hundred years ago, because people just took the rocks from the tomb to where there actually wasn't a tomb left as they visited, so they had to build a new one. It's just this ornate sort of little building in the middle of this other building that has a big dome over it. It's kind of crazy. Huh. Yeah. I suppose, we'll though, when the police are getting in your way to go there, that would be a Fourth Commandment issue, um, uh, the yep. authority. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the you know desire to worship, the, the fact that they're wanting to get to this church would be a, a, a Third Commandment issue, assuming that they—I'm I'm assuming they have some sort of a Easter service there, some kind of a Mass or something going on. Um, uh, da, 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 da. of course, first commandment is always easy because if you break one of the commandments, you break all of them, or you know, the first one. Um, that might be it. Is that it? Yeah, um, you might you say do, second commandment, second commandment because it's um, it has to do with the Lord's word. You got the Catholic Church and you got the Eastern Church. There, there is a gr- strange group of because the um. The Church of the Holy Sepulchre is shared by uh, a handful of different Eastern churches and the Roman Catholic Church. Kind of has, has shared custody of the space, 
So there's some weird sort of syncretism happening in some of these in a bunch of these holy sites in Jerusalem. That's a second commandment thing. Yeah. All right. I suppose that's all. Uh, uh, did you say fifth commandment because they're worried about their you know getting oh, arrested no. and fifth stuff like that? Fifth commandment. Yeah, that's another one. All right. Very good. Okay, so um, what we're going to play now is uh, order the events of Holy Week, and yeah. I think you're giving me clues on this. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. So we, if the, now we have a Holy Week chronology and a Easter chronology. The best way to find I don't know if we have that on Table Talk website. We have it on the Hope website, hope-aurora.org. As you see on the right, it'll hey. say Holy Week chronology. Hey, it's on there. Oh, good. On, oh, wait. Sh- t- the Easter one is. Easter. Okay, I'll Fashion put the Holy Easter. one on there, too. Don't. Don't go to his website. Go to Table Talk Radio <laughs> website. Good grief. Plugging the wrong website. Sorry. My bad. Now, uh, there's a bunch of events now that you know that the bulk of the Gospels are occur in the last week of the life of Jesus. One-third of the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and one-half of the Gospel of John uh, deals with Holy Week. On uh, a handful of different events. So we got to put these. I'm going to give you three events, and you need to put them in order. All right? All right, ready. The entry of Jesus into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday. Jesus' last words uh, disputing in the temple. And the washing of Jesus' feet at, uh, by Mary at Simon's feast. Now, when you say the last words uh, in the temple, that are you talking about isn't that where um, Jesus overturns the money tables and things like that? Is that what you're talking about? No, it happens a couple days after that, when Jesus is arguing with the uh, Sadducees about the resurrection. Oh, and yeah. That's when the lawyer says, "What's the greatest commandment?" And then he says, "Whose son was the son of um, whose son was the Messiah?" And they say, "Son of David." Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Okay. So um, I believe that that happens. That event right there happens just before the triumphal entry, uh, which would be on Palm Sunday. So the events should go like this. Number one, the last words in the temple. Number two, entry of Jesus on Palm Sunday. And number three, the washing, uh, let's see, it was Mary washing? Anointing by Mary Anointing by at Mary. Simon's feast. That's number three. Oh. The order is this, Saturday night, anointed by Mary at Simon's Feast, Sunday, the triumphal entry into Jerusalem, and Tuesday, Jesus disputes in the temple. Are you sure? (laughs) Yeah, man. Now, there is some debate about the anointing of Jesus at Simon's Feast. Uh, Matthew and Mark have them in a different order than John, and so it depends on if you trust the chronology of Matthew or the chronology of John, and for this little incident i think we trust the chronology of john but i suppose that could be disputed but we know the triumphal entry is on (laughs) sunday and the last teaching of jesus is on so the the last this is an interesting thing the last teaching of jesus publicly is on tuesday and then on holy week we in fact don't know anything about what happens on on wednesday there's no events recorded perhaps that's the day that judas uh, contracts to betray Jesus. You know, he makes a contract with the priests. That could be on Tuesday or on Wednesday. We're not exactly sure of the day. But otherwise, we don't know anything that Jesus did on Wednesday. Okay. All right. Uh, let's see. Jesus washes his disciples' feet. Jesus institutes the Lord's Supper. And Jesus prays in the Garden of Gethsemane. 
you're being kind of tricky here because two of these events are really close to each other. I mean, they're all close to each other, but washing of the of the disciples' feet and the Last Supper is that close. And I I see here as I as I wrote this down as you were talking there, I see that you're trying to trick me. <laughs> Aren't oh, you? Oh yeah. You do? Yeah, I I do because you have already placed them in the proper order, but you think that I'm going to mix them around because we're playing the game. But I am the wiser here, and I'm going to say number 1 is that Jesus washes his disciples' feet. Number 2, he uh institutes the Lord's Supper, and 3 you go to the Garden of Gethsemane. Right. Yeah. I'm on to you. 200 points. Maybe I just forgot to put them out of order. <laughs> <laughs> now, this, is, right. this is an amazing thing. Let's talk about this foot washing real quick. I mean, Yes. I, let's talk about how people miss the entire point of this. <laughs> you Remember when we talk about uh, something that's been instituted? I've been thinking about this a lot lately. Last night... At uh, Pastors Book Club, we're going through the Augsburg Confession. We're talking about the yes. the number and use of the sacraments. Yep. And uh, and so uh, the the Lutherans are saying, look, I guess if you're just teaching people, it doesn't matter how many you number. But as far as we're concerned, it's necessary that you continue to do those things which Christ has commanded. And so we look through the scriptures and what has Christ commanded us to do: um, baptize and teach and to uh, uh, do this always. And then people go go looking around for other things, like, oh, Jesus is washing his disciples' feet. I guess we should have yearly foot washings. <laughs> it's like, wait a minute. But what right. Jesus says when he's washing his disciples' feet is that the uh, Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. Now, this, I think, should teach us a lot about worship and a lot about Jesus and God himself. Um, and that is that uh, our God is not the God that is expecting us to achieve and win salvation. He is one that is coming to deliver it. So the reason we come to church and the reason we receive the Lord's Supper is not because we are uh, paying homage or, or assigning our, the proper praise and all of this stuff. It's really because... Uh, Christ is giving us his gifts. He's giving us what we need the most, uh, salvation uh, through the forgiveness of sins. There you go. Got it. All right. Uh, All right. One more? Yeah, we have uh, 52 seconds. All right, here's one. Peter's denial. Jesus appears before Herod. Jesus appears before Pilate. This is tough. Oh, man. I always get these confused. Um. Oh man. <laughs> I'm gonna put. Mm. Do, 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 do. <laughs> Whenever I start singing Jeopardy, that's a reminder. Let's not play this game again next year. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm gonna put. Appears before. Uh, Herod first, denial of Peter, and then appearing before Pilate. Here's the order. Jesus has five trials. So one before Caiaphas, one before the council. That's when Peter's denial. 
then Pilate, then Herod, then back to Pilate. So those are the five trials where Jesus uh, bears our... Uh, Bears our shame and is falsely Thanks accused. Thanks for listening to this edition All right, of Table that's it. Talk Radio. Table Talk Radio. A blessed Holy Week to everyone, by the Please way. And the celebration of the resurrection of our Talk Lord. Radio. Side effects may include nausea, vomiting, headache, heartburn, hair loss, hallucinations, and aversion to incomplete sentences with aquatic imagery, psychosis, coma, death, halitosis, lung cancer, brain tumors, sleep pain, internal bleeding, internal combustion, a sudden craving to smell your backseat, claustrophobia, an uncontrollable urge to fight the cabinets on Twitter, and falling off your treadmill. For more information, visit tabletalkradio.org. 